right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Make a List. This is our podcast where we take a topic, we each give our top fives, and then we combine them together to make a top 10 list. I am Josh, and with me, as always, is my son, Jack. He he. <laughs> yep, there he goes. So this week, we are planning on talking about our top five favorite albums of all time. So these will be our top five, and in no way, shape, or form are we saying that they should be your top five, but uh, if you haven't heard these albums, you know, we hope that you would give them a listen. Except for one of the ones on my alts, a lot of people will probably not like that, and I'm the min- the minority for liking it. Okay. Well, now I'm kind of curious to hear what that's going to be. Last week, I went first. Jack, you get to go first this week. Why don't you give us your number five? All right. Coming in my number five, I have uh, Super Monster by Claude. Claude is great. They do a lot of really good music. And if you haven't heard Claude, I would recommend listening to them. Why is that in your top five? Well, you see, I remember around this time last year, we went to go see Paramore Live for your birthday. Yes. And that's when we first saw Claude live. And it was great. They had a great stage presence. And just all their songs are bops, honestly. Like, I have not listened to that much of Supermodels, which is a sequel to this album. But from what I've heard, it's it's pretty solid. I... Just enjoy their general vibe. There's no skips in this whole album. So, yeah. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, a lot of times it's a hodgepodge with an opening act. And Claude just really knocked it out the park. They did a great job. All right, number four. Number four. I had a hard time choosing between number four and number three, but I'm going to give it to Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Wow. Okay. Recent and also good. Yeah, this isn't really my type of music, but it's it's super good, dude. I love listening to it whenever I go on walks with Noodle. I either listen to that or my number two on this list, which is very different. Yeah, once again, all the songs are good. They transition well with each other. Just a solid album overall. It was a good introduction to her for me. Yeah, bangers. All, all, all the tracks are bangers. Bangers and mash. That's right. <laughs> All right, what's next? Number three, I got Plastic Beach by Gorillaz. From the sky. I was wondering what Gorillaz album would show up on this list for you. So Plastic Beach it is. Yeah, a lot of people say that like Demon Days or the Now Now are the favorite albums, but I think it's Plastic Beach. I know a lot of people hated this when it first came out. Um, the album has a message about how uh, we're destroying the world slowly, hence the Plastic Beach, which for those of you who don't follow Gorilla's lore, and I sound like a huge nerd right now, basically the setup for this album is that after their second album, Demon Days, the drummer, no, the bassist, sorry, Murdoch, uh, burned down their old HQ and set off to find a new one and make a new album, but they thought that one of their members had died, so he replaced her with a robot. Her name is Noodle, and yes, that's who my dog is named after. He kidnapped the lead singer and then replaced the drummer with a drum machine, and that's how they made Plastic Beach, and then he got tracked down by the boogeyman. Gorilla's lore go crazy. <laughs> I think, yeah, I 
from what I've heard of this album, it's pretty good. I still think probably my favorite Gorillaz album is self-titled. Is self-titled, yeah, and that's just because it's got some nostalgic value for me. Because you bought it in the Ninth Circle, also known as the UK. I love the UK, but yeah, that's why opinions. All right, coming in number two, I have an album that recently got re-released, but I don't think the re-release is as good as the original release. I have Welcome to Horrorwood by Ice Nine Kills. I also wondered uh, when Ice Nine Kills would show up. So, yeah. All right. Number two. Uh, Josh and Tara are absolutely tired of me talking and listening to Ice Nine Kills constantly. But you got another couple of years left in it before it dies down. For those of you who don't know, Ice Nine Kills is a uh, metal slash deathcore band from America. And they write songs for their past two albums about horror movies. Before that, they wrote about books. And before that, they wrote about whatever they felt like. But recently, they've really found success writing songs about horror movies. Starting off with The Silver Scream in 2017, I want to say. And this album, Welcome to Horrorwood, is a sequel to that album, and it does everything that one does, but better. The theatrics are better, the songwriting is better, the songs are more catchy, the live performances of the songs are better. If you look at a Welcome to Horrorwood live show compared to a Silver Scream live show, it is night and day. For The Silver Scream, it was like maybe, uh, I don't know, like 100 people. And for Welcome to Horrorwood, it is thousands of people um all the songs in here are good they all go insanely hard so yeah welcome to horrorwood is number two okay i'm honestly surprised that wasn't in your uh, number one slot but yeah i'm actually curious to hear what number one is now all right coming in my number one surprising no one has ever talked to me in my life before but apparently not i have three cheers for sweet revenge by my chemical romance Okay, yeah, that tracks. I, I probably should have thought a little bit more about that. But yeah, great album. Great album. Dude, this is literally my favorite story. This is my favorite piece of media. If I was stuck on a desert island and I only had a CD player and this album on CD, I'd be set. I wouldn't need food or water. This song, not this song, this album is genuinely a work of art with the story it tells and in the manner that it tells it. It tells it in such a way where you don't have to know the story to enjoy the album you can listen to it by itself and it still works but it's all that better with the story which i explained the story on another episode of the podcast but however i will re-explain it here the story goes that there is a couple the they don't have names they're just referred to as the male demolition lover and the female demolition lover which were introduced in the band's first album i brought you my bullets you brought me your love and the later half of that album basically what they like to do is they like to kill evil people like uh, drug lords and crime bosses and all those types of people. However, one day, they are both killed in the gunfight, which gives you the album cover. It's them like sharing their last moments. The wife goes to heaven, I think. It's not sure whether she goes to heaven or if she goes like in a coma. We don't really know. But the man goes to hell because he uh, was like killing more people or something. I don't really know why he goes to hell and she goes to heaven other than the story, but whatever. And when he's in hell, he makes a deal with the devil and he says, the devil says, if you can bring me the souls of 1,000 evil men, I will let you go see your wife again. And you two can go back and live up and be as happy as you want. And so the man does that and that's the story of the album. Helena being his wife's funeral, 
give him hell kid being him starting off his little rampage and then it's just slowly he just goes insane with each passing song sanity slipping through his grasp like sand in your hand that rhymed and spitting bars but um <laughs> but yeah eventually it just gets to the point that he's just pulling out the blicky and gunning down whole rows of people for no reason the inevitable twist of the album being that the last person he has to kill is himself so he does and he blames it all on everybody but himself showing what you can do for love maybe with good intentions but it's not always the best thing to do and you shouldn't go so far that you ruin yourself and everybody you know in the process because that's called being a simp (laughs) i will say this and i know that you disagree with this helena is the absolute biggest banger on that album no actually i think other than interlude it's probably my least favorite but whatever so what is your favorite ghost of you no well what is your favorite then it's not a fashion statement. It's an effing death wish. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. That whole album is good. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, that's a great top top five. Um, so do you want to go through them real quick so that everybody will remember what they are? All right. So my top five go from Super Monster by Claude to Guts by Olivia Rodrigo to Plastic Beach by Gorillaz to Welcome to Horrorwood by Ice Nine Kills. Which, by the way, the Ice Nine Kills movie based off that album it goes insanely hard, except for like five minutes of it. And number one is Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. Okay. Well, I'm going to get into my top five. My criteria that I gave myself was that these albums had to be ones that stuck with me, you know, in the days of CDs. These are ones that didn't leave either my car or like the stereo in my my bedroom for days, weeks, months, sometimes years. And uh, they had to have some sort of impact on me that really made them stick with me and made them albums that even if they're older, they're albums that I'll still put in today and listen to without skipping tracks. My first album under those criteria is an album called The Con by Tegan and Sarah. I uh, I was a big Tegan and Sarah fan prior to this album coming out. And honestly, I bought this album at the same time that I bought a uh, an album by another group called Hope's Fall. And I ended up listening to Hope's Fall a lot and Tegan and Sarah not so much. I really liked the album before this, So Jealous, a whole lot more. Uh, but then... You know, it was one of those situations where I was driving and I was a little bored. So I just I put the album in and literally could not stop listening to it after that. As a side note, my natural resting state is melancholy. So if you've got songs about unrequited love and, uh, you know, just kind of sad themes, I am going to eat that up. It's delicious. I love it. Uh, And the con is full of tracks like that. He has the music taste of a teenage masculine lesbian. <laughs> I'll take it. That doesn't bother me at all. So yeah, number five for me, I have The Con by Tegan and Sarah. Number four, uh, the only album on my list that predates my birth, I have Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, 
little, I thought Fleetwood Mac was a thing you could get on the McDonald's menu. <laughs> They'd probably sell a lot of sell a lot of burgers if they had a Fleetwood Mac burger. So this album for me, I think part of the reason that it it makes my list is uh, the lore behind it, the fact that you know this is basically when the band was kind of falling apart and was having all sorts of issues internally. And then they just made this beautiful album. That's right. Read up on your Fleetwood Mac lore. I feel like if you haven't listened to this album and you don't at least have it somewhere, like maybe in your top 10 to top 15, I'm not sure that you're listening to music right. And I I don't mean to be insulting, but it's absolutely one of the finest written, produced, played albums of all time. And I am not one to give praise to a lot of music from that decade. It deserves all the accolades that it's received. Remember when I had my 70s rock phase when I was like eight? Oh, gosh, yes. So a little story about me. I hate 70s rock. <laughs> I do. I, and I know that that will probably be a, a big turnoff for a lot of people. But um, yeah, especially like Southern rock from like the late 70s. Oh, I mean, you just want to talk about something that just makes me want to put my head under a pillow and like never let it out. It's it's that. And people who enjoy 70s rock unironically are the type of people to wear skulls with guns and American flags in their t-shirt and think they're the coolest thing ever. Possibly, possibly. There are some people that do enjoy that music. And, and I will say that there are some songs from that decade, and obviously an album, uh, that are not too, too bad. If you're going to give me a decade prior to me being alive, I'll take the 60s. Uh, time and time again, it's it's great. If you do that for me, I give you the mid two thousands because I love the mid two thousands with every fiber of my mortal being. I could understand that. So coming in at number three for me, I have the low end theory by a tribe called Quest. Stirred for me young with a laid back tongue. The aim is to succeed and achieve at twenty one, just like Ringling Brothers. Our days in a sound captivate the mass because the pros is profound. Do it for the strong, we do it for the meek. Boom it in your boom it in your boom it in your Jeep or your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz. The rave of the town to your foes and your friends. So a little personal story about this album for me. This was my first ever CD and I bought it before I had a CD player. So basically you wasted your money. No, no, no. So I didn't buy it brand new. I, I had a buddy uh, named Rob who lived one street over from me. He had this album and I had a fitted California Angels hat and he had a Chicago Bulls starter cap in my best eighth grade logic. I said, hey, dude, um, I will give you five dollars and this fitted Angels cap for the low end theory and your Chicago Bulls starter cap. And he's like, yeah, dude, done deal. So the album didn't have liner notes. They were on like his brother's wall in his bedroom or something like that. So he couldn't get them. So I, my first CD didn't have liner notes. And later on, I repurchased the album a couple different times. I never knew what the liner notes, like I knew what the cover looked like, but I never knew how the liner notes read and, you know, if it had lyrics or anything like that. So I wanted to learn this album. And so I literally, when I got a CD player, I would not stop listening to this album. I mean, constantly if, if it would have been possible to wear out a CD, I would have worn out the CD. Uh, you know, I dubbed it on cassette so that I could play it in, uh, you know, in my parents' car. Cause at that point, obviously I wasn't driving. 
uh, so I could, you know, listen to it on my Walkman because I didn't get a Discman for a few more years. But whenever I was in my room, this album was playing. And to this day, I can literally recite the album from excursions to scenario word for word. Then do it. We don't have 45 minutes, so I'm not going to do that. Yes, we do. Nah. All right. So number two for me, and this is probably the most recent album to be added to this list. I have the album Jubilee by the band Japanese Breakfast. So this album is one that uh, I purchased uh, right before we went on uh, a really long family vacation. And it was based on the fact that I heard one song on Sirius XM radio, and that song was called... <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Just the way you said it, like, I heard it on Sirius XM radio, as a matter of fact. Oh, you sound like a Weezer fan. <laughs> I don't mind Weezer. Old Weezer. I don't like new Weezer. But uh, big anyway. new Weezer do to you. They speak very highly of you. That's all right. I mean, you know, I'm not going to start a war with Weezer fans. So I, I purchased this album on Apple Music based on the fact that I had heard a song called Be Sweet by this band. And I loved it. It had kind of like a, an 80s vibe to it. I thought, well, heck, we're going to be doing this road trip down the West Coast. You know, it'll give me something to listen to, you know, when Tara and Jack are either asleep or Jack's got his headphones in and doesn't want to listen to his parents' lame music. Yes, it is very. (laughs) Uh, So we flew into Seattle and we were basically on our first day there after we had uh, brunch with my cousin Ben. We were driving to Port Angeles. I put the album on and I just I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. One of so one of my things, though, when I go on a road trip is I don't repeat an album. I may repeat songs if it's on a playlist or if we switch playlists, but Uh, I don't repeat albums. So basically, we were on this two week trip and I listened to it the very first day of the of the trip. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this album. I really want to listen to it again. And so what I ended up doing is listening to it whenever I would kind of go on my morning walk. I'd put my headphones in and I would listen to the album. Just kind of fell in love with it. A few weeks later, I discovered that the lead singer, uh, Michelle Zahner, She also had written a memoir uh, about her mother's struggles with cancer and 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 losing her mom and and that sort of thing called Crying in H Mart, which is a fantastic book, which will be a movie soon. Yeah, it will be a movie soon. And I just kind of really got into Jay Brecky after listening to that album nonstop. And you can ask Jack and if you, you know, if you follow me on Spotify or if you look at any of my my playlists on Spotify for like the last two or three years, Be Sweet sits at the top of my playlist and like 90% of my playlist top 10, 15 or so are Japanese breakfast songs. And I owe, owe it all to Jubilee. Number two, Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. We should call this episode 40-year-old man rants about his second favorite album for 10 minutes. I did kind of go on there for a minute. So sorry about that. And then number one for me, I have After Laughter by the band Paramore.
So you have um, not as good as brand new eyes on there? We won't argue about that because there will be a Paramore episode, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, After Laughter for me, it was one of those albums that as soon as I listened to it, I loved it. It wasn't a, oh, I need to you know, listen to it a few times. From the first track, uh, from Hard Times, I was like, this is my album. I love this album. I will listen to it constantly. And I feel like that was kind of like the transitionary piece from Paramore, from their like pop punk roots into what they are now. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that was when Haley was kind of going through some some personal turmoils and, you know, was trying to come out of that and, you know, was dealing with some depression and that sort of thing. And the album just, it's very, very raw and it's very like 80s synth pop, but also lyrically, it's very deep and, and very emotional. It just comes in at number one for me, After Laughter by Paramore. All right. So my top five are as follows. Number five. The Con by Tegan and Sarah. Number four, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Number three, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. Number two, Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. And number one, After Laughter by Paramore. Would you like to go through our alternatives? Yeah, why don't you go first? Okay, so my first alternate is an album that you and mom banned me from listening to for about four weeks of my life because I was singing the lyrics to it too loudly and you do not like that I was singing the lyrics to this particular album and that is the Slim Shady LP. I was going to ask if I could guess, but yeah, yes, I do remember that. And I will say this though, you uh, were, are also really good about censoring yourself when you, when you do raps, like it's kind of fun to, to hear you keep a cadence, but also not say the swears. So yeah. Not to say to those ding danged cussing words. The kids are always saying nowadays. That's right. That's a good album though. I mean, I, I could see that being in a top five for sure. Like every song on here slaps with Mathers LP. There is one song on there that i don't like but with all of these they all go insanely hard some shady lp is my alternate it's a good album i i will say so one of my biggest regrets musically my roommate john who i've spoke about before on here he was a huge eminem fan and i ended up just like giving it to him and my caveat was you can have this album if we don't have to listen to it in the car for the entire ride back to school because <laughs> he'd come up to to visit. That was a really, really dumb thing on my part. And I'm sure John was like, uh, yeah, you're an idiot. I will definitely take your CD. Because <laughs> I had like a cool misprint on it, right? The CD itself was misprinted, but yeah. Earlier, I was saying how a lot of people may not like one of my alternates because it is a very particular taste in music and it is Rest Home for Robots by the Cornbugs. Okay, I have not heard that, so you'll have to talk about that a little bit. Okay, so how many of you guys have seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2? I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah. So one of the best characters in that franchise, ergo the best character, is Chop Top, who is the hitchhiker's brother from the first movie. We should call this episode Jack Explains Texas Chainsaw Massacre Lore to explain a band. 
And so at the end of that movie, Chop Top is tragically killed by Stretch. And Chop Top was played by Bill Mosley. And so Bill Mosley was like, hey, they don't care about Chop Top. They're never going to have him come back. Why don't I make a band with Buckethead and be Chop Top in character while I make the songs? And that's how the Cornbugs came to be. Personally, I have not stepped out of this album when it comes to Cornbugs, but I love Rest Home for Robots. I remember it came upon my shuffle one day and I was like, what? What? Is, is that Chop Top? Is Chop Top singing about pigs? This is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And the song I'm referring to is Pigs Are People Too, which is a 10-minute rant about Chop Top. Basically, he's talking about pigs. And it's it's the funniest thing ever. There's one song on this album I don't like, but the rest of them are cool. And they definitely have the vibe of you and your buddies are recording a song in a garage because Chop Top will say something. Then Buckethead will do a little riff on his electric guitar, whatever he's playing for that song. Chop Top will say something again. Buckethead will go again. Bucket will go again. Chop Top. Bucket, chop top, yada yada. Voice crack. What's with these homies dissing my girl? I have Rest Home for Robots by the Cornbugs. Okay, so my first alternate is the album Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. So this album just barely misses my my top five. It really got me through um, a pretty rough patch uh, when I was a junior in high school. And I love it. It's a great album. I think it's one of Alanis's best for sure. Uh, but yeah, it just barely misses my top five. Another uh, album that I honestly really kind of went back and forth about putting on my top five and ended up not. I have the album Promotional Copy by Reggie and the Full Effect. Today's your final day It's what I thought you would say Why fools throw love away It's something I can't say Others just run away Think that it comes back someday. Going back to you talking about mid-2000s as being your favorite era for music my favorite band from the mid 2000s uh Reggie and the Full Effect never left my my CD player in my car I was constantly playing Reggie and this was the album that introduced me to Reggie yeah well you see when I was also not alive in the mid 2000s Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge never left my CD player because it didn't exist because I didn't exist so bam and that's true that's true All right, so let's get into our top 10. You have number 10, my friend, so go ahead and nominate somebody. I'm going to go with The the Con by Tegan and Sarah because I'm not a big fan of that band, and I personally think that it's it's probably one of the albums ever made. Bro, have you ever listened to Tegan and Sarah? Yes, you have made me do that on multiple occasions. It's almost like you make me listen to things, and I should make you watch things, like the hit 2004 James Wan psychological thriller Saw. You do realize that when you were, what, three or four, Tegan and Sarah wrote your most favorite song at that point in time in your life. They did not write the hot dog song. Thank you very much. No, but they did write Everything is Awesome with The Lonely Island from the Lego movie. I'll, I'll let you do that one. Let's let's keep that at number 10. All right, it's your turn because I allow it. I'm probably going to get your veto, but I'm going to do it. Welcome to Horrorwood. 
I almost said horror town. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a lot less menacing. Welcome to horror town. <laughs> like living a Starbucks employee would say. Yeah, it sounds like something from a uh, from a Tim Burton movie. Welcome to horror town, Spencer Charnis. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm gonna put at number nine. I'm a, I'm gonna give you a veto, and my reasoning is, nah, and you're wrong. And also that album goes hard. And um, none of your albums have movies about them. So I'm right and you're wrong. And now you got to sing a song. Okay. All right. Well, unless your reasoning is the take your pick music video, in which case this uh, album belongs to be in 10 because I love take your pick, but the music video is so bad. Well, I probably would have put the con at number nine, so I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to put guts. And my the only reason I'm doing that is because I haven't had haven't been able to spend as much time with it yet. I think it's a great album and I loved Sour. I thought Sour was really good as well. And I think Olivia Rodrigo is fantastic and an amazing artist. And this is in no way any indication of how I feel about her or her music. Voice crack. Um, What's with these homies dissing my girl? But I'm just going to put it at number nine because I think everything else on this list other than Welcome to Horror Town slash Horrorwood. I think uh, everything other than Welcome to Horrorwood. Uh, probably deserves to be a little bit higher. Says the person who has never listened to Welcome to Horrorwood in full as a collection of songs, which might I just say that probably has my second favorite opening to an album of all time next to um, Marshall Mathers LP. That's good to know. I mean, I'm sure I probably will listen to it in full at some point. Um, You have no option. You will. Okay. Well, you have number eight, so go right ahead. For number eight, I'm going to put Fleetwood Mac because uh, anything before... The uh, 80s music-wise gives me a headache unless it is the from the 40s. I'll let you do that. I think that that album is just full of bangers, but I could understand there being like bangers a generational a generational gap, and that might be something that you're not necessarily into at this point. So yeah, I'll go with that. Number eight, you've got Fleetwood Mac. Okay. All right, for number seven, I'm going to put Welcome to Horrorwood by Ice Nine Gills. I hate you. And the reason I'm doing it is not to be spiteful or vindictive. Honestly, it's just because like Guts, I have probably the least amount of time with it. And I don't hate this type of music at all. In fact, there was a good portion of my late to mid 2000s era of my life where I did listen to a lot of of screaming music. I appreciate it. I just haven't spent that much time with it. And so that's why I'm putting it at number seven. It is in no indication, again, of how I feel about it. Name another album where in one of the music videos, an individual gets her high heel taken off and then shoved in her eye to do a bass drop. Exactly. You can't. Yeah, I can't. And I I can appreciate the artistic uh, license there. And honestly, like, I'm not trying to say anything bad about it at all. It's just I haven't spent enough time with it probably to appreciate it as much as you do. But I appreciate that you appreciate it. Coming in number six, I'm going to put the low end theory because, hey, that's just a theory, a low end theory. Thanks for watching. I have to veto. It's my first CD. I can't I can't do it dirty like that. It's also the only hip hop I have on the list. So I've got to I've got to veto. I'm sorry. Well, then I'm going to put the plastic beach by gorillas because of a personal experience I have that will always make me laugh when I think about it. Okay, so this, I'm up now, right? Number five. Number five, I'll put Low End Theory by a Tribe Called Quest. I just, I just really wanted to get it in the top five. I love this album. It's fantastic. It's 
classic hip hop. It's amazing. Q-Tip did an amazing job producing this album with Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Fife comes into his own. Great album. Love it. For number four, I'm going to put Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast because I can't take this album seriously because I think of the annoying girl from the X-Men 90s show. I liked Jubilee. She was awesome. Okay, maybe not. I liked her. All right, I can't do anything about it, so number four it is. Number three for me, I'll put Claude. I think Claude making the top three, that's that's solid. Super Monster. Thank you. Yeah, Super Monster by Claude, number three. I think that's a a good spot for them. Coming in number two, since you can't use your veto power anymore, I'm going to put After Laughter by Paramore. That's fine. I'll take that. As much as I love it, I think Three Cheers probably... Well, not probably three cheers definitely did better in terms of, you know, the billboard top 100. I think it probably has had at this point a little bit more lasting cultural and social impact. So, yeah, I'm okay with three cheers. Sweet revenge coming in at number one. Also, a nice little detail I'd like to point out for my chemical romance and uh, the ghost of you video. Mikey Way, who is one of the members of the band, the video takes place during Pearl Harbor and Mikey gets shot during it. And in the Black Parade era of the band, Mikey has a uh, badge on his Black Parade uniform that went out to soldiers' families whose soldiers died in war. I think that's a nice little detail. That's awesome. I actually think it was Omaha Beach. But yeah, that's a powerful video. I love that video. It's fantastic. And it's a great song, too. All right, let's go through our top 10. You start with 10, and uh, we'll go all the way to one. Coming in number 10, I have The Con by Regan from The Exorcist and Sarah. Number 10, The Con by Tegan and Sarah. Number 9, Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Number 8, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Number 7, Welcome to Horrorwood by Ice Nine Kills. Coming in number 6, we have The Plastic Beach by Gorillaz. Number 5, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. Number 4, Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. Number 3, Super Monster by Claude. Number 2, After Laughter by Paramore. And number one, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. Watch me catch that number one spot again. I was about to say, I think that's like three or four weeks in a row where you've gotten number one. So kudos to that. All right. So we have added up our totals. And Jack, you're back on top this week, 29 to 26. So that ties us up. We are literally trading week after week on this thing. Okay. So that is our top 10 combined list of favorite albums of all time. Uh, hopefully if you haven't heard any of these albums, you'll, you'll give them a listen. And I think, uh, I think you'll be happy that you did. I think that was a fun list. Uh, and honestly, I, there's not an album on here that I think is, is something I wouldn't listen to at some point. I think it's a good list. That's all we've got for you guys this week. Please feel free to follow us on your favorite streaming service uh, for podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. And we're on Twitter slash X at Let's Make a List PC. And we're about to be on Pearl, an extraordinary origin story. I can't with you. All right. Everybody have a great week. We will talk to you later. Bye.